Janie Larkin can't remember when she's lived in the same place for more than a year. This week on the podcast, Blue Willow by Doris Gates. Hi, welcome to Growing Up Bookish. It's a nostalgic book podcast where we take old books and see if they hold up today. I'm one of your hosts, Emma. I'm the other host, Allison. And today we're reading one of my picks. It's called Blue Willow. (laughs) You don't look very happy, Allison. (laughs) I don't like this kind of book. (laughs) You didn't? Okay, well, I guess. What what were your thoughts when I first, when you first got it in the mail, you opened it up? Well, What'd you think? Before I even ordered it, I read the back and I was like, oh, it's one of those stories. And it's just, it's like, I feel like every stupid book they make you read in school is like this, <laughs> where it's it's not really, it's barely a story because really all it is, is it's like a tiny slice of life about a person who lives an ordinary dull life. It's not ordinary. I, okay, so it's this definitely is, not it's not a life that I have ever lived. Yes. So it is, is different. True. Yes. And I'm not gonna say it was like so uninteresting, but it's just there's no fucking climax. There's no like it's, character development. There's no character development? Who developed in this? <laughs> well They're the same at the end as they are at the beginning. Okay, well, maybe there's not character development in that way, but I feel like I get attached to the characters. Oh, no, I didn't care about any of them. Oh, my. See, I feel like this book is one of those books that you give to children to read to help build empathy, to put yourself in someone else's shoes, someone else's life. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe that is. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, when we got these books, I never read this one, but like I was looking, mine in the back has like a list of other Newbery Award winning books. And (gasps) I want to see that list. I was like, oh, I remember some of these. And I'm just like, God, I just remember how awful they were. Read some of them real quick. They're just as awful as this one was. hush. Uh... Adam of the Road. Don't remember that one. The Corn Grows. No. Daughter of the Mountains. I don't know any of these. Uh, the one that I read was Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. That was the one that I... That, that one was sounds actually similar. good. I mean, that sounds familiar. That one was actually good because it was about slavery. And I I find the history of slavery to be fascinating because just the whole thing behind it, I'm just like, man, I can't believe life Oh, we should be read like that. that one. We no, should re- no, we shouldn't. Why? I don't, I don't really want to reread <laughs> okay. it. But I remember it being not as bad as some of the others. Ooh, the Westing game is great, though. We gotta read that one. That oh, one, yes. That's not a slice of life. No, it's... I that's actually, a good book. I've never read that one, but... I remember my so my mom is a retired teacher. And I remember her teaching that book. That so is a good. Book. I remember seeing the book laying around the house, but I never read. I that feel one. like all these other ones are all just like here's some stupid child sad story about her sad life. Empathy building. White stag. I you don't know, know if I remember the that. road from home. <laughs> Ugh. My side of the mountain. My side of the mountain. I don't know if I read that one, but that. I remember that title. I'm pretty sure I read Moccasin Trail. That sounds really familiar. I was also okay with the ones that were about Native Americans, too. I think, I don't know what it is. I don't know, dude. This is just not my thing. So my, yeah, my memory of this book, uh, it could have been required reading for school, um, but I love this type of setting. Like desert setting? No, but as far as like, I don't know if I like the Great Depression type of stories, but simple life. 
like Little House on the Prairie. T- oh my gosh. Oh, Simple Life. Yeah, see, that's not I a thing that I liked stuff. either. I didn't like the Little House on the Prairie show. I tried to read, uh, there was another Little House on the Prairie type series called like Cassie Woodlawn. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the name of the series. I don't remember what the first book is called. You'd probably recognize it if I did. I think it was called Little House in the Big Woods or something like that. And I tried really hard to get into it. Oh, well, we're going to read some of those books. I tried so hard because everyone was <laughs> like, this, this is what little girls your age should be reading. And I was like, I just am not excited. Like, where are the dragons? I like those too, but I, I also had an affinity these. for this. Uh, my favorite American Girl doll that I never got was the Pioneer. Uh, the Kirst- blonde one? Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah. She was she the was Swedish Pioneer. Oh, yes. I loved her yeah. and all of her stuff. I had Felicity. So. She was the colonial one. So I like the one that rode the horses or was that Samantha? No, uh, you, no, Felicity rode horses. See, I think you secretly have some horse <laughs> no, thing. I do not. <laughs> I do not. Yes, you do. I don't. I don't like horses or anything. <laughs> I, I don't even remember. I couldn't even remember that she had horses. I just thought colonial life was so exciting and interesting. I think it just depends on the time period. Yeah. Like if this were about like colonial life, I would have been so down. If it were about Victorian life, I'd be way down. Yeah. I think it's just certain time periods and certain settings. And I just, I the simple life thing is not for me. I love and I feel simple. like all of these are simple life. Are those. Yes. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I need more excitement. Yeah. Well, I do want, listen, I didn't absolutely abhor it. Okay. okay and I do want to say that I feel like the writing hasn't aged. Like it, I thought so too. It sounds like it could have been written today. Yeah. So it didn't seem old fashioned. Mm-hmm. The writing wasn't stuffy. It flowed pretty well. There were definitely good things about it. It's good. just I would never read it again. Yes. Well, okay. So I did look up some classroom discussion questions about this book. I did notice they had a bunch of like, you know, Cliff's notes and stuff on it. And I'm like, why? The book is like one page long and like nothing happens. For those fourth graders that don't want to get through it, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess they'd rather read one paragraph. Actually, you know what? I wish I had done that. <laughs> Well, some facts about Doris Gates. Um, She was a children's librarian. God, they're all librarians. They're all librarians. I kind of want to be a librarian. That's fascinating to me. sounds really fun. Um, She also had a radio program where she did storytelling for kids. Well, that'd be fun, too. Yeah. So she she wrote this in 1940, um, and she grew up in California, so she was very connected to this type of lifestyle that she writes about in the book, so... And let's see, it was also groundbreaking in that the main character's best friend was a Mexican-American. That was not happening in literature around that time. I can see that. I guess we'll get into it. All right, let's do it. Okay, so this is set in California uh, in the 1930s. Near Fresno. Near Fresno, correct. So the Larkin family, which consists of Mr. and Mrs., Dad and mom. Mr. and Mrs. Larkin, mm-hmm. who don't ever get names. No, they do. They do? When? Yes. They're briefly mentioned. The mom's name is Clara. I don't remember that at all. It's in there, I promise you. Okay. And the dad's name, oh gosh, what is it? Might be Jim? I swear I never remember. It's only, it's only mentioned like twice. Okay. Um, so they've had to move from Texas to California because of the Dust Bowl which was apparently dust storms that occurred in the 1930s that just totally wrecked that part of the country. Um, yep. He used to have a ranch, but that's all gone. And now he's, they are kind of like this migrant family moving to wherever they can find work. Yep. And so he's found work at a cotton, cotton field. field. Yep. 
which I guess, I mean, I didn't know how any of this worked, so I guess it is a little bit interesting to, like, learn how how the job works. You know, they, like, hire a bunch of people, like, hundreds, it seems like, and they pick the cotton until it's gone, and then those people move on, mm-hmm. and they have their own, like, camp that they stay in, and they have their own school that they go to, and, right. you know, interesting. Yeah. But apparently it's common for people to do this. Yes. And Janie and her family have been doing this for the last five years. And they don't they really don't stay very long because I think she was astonished when she met the girl across the road that she had been there for a year. A year, yeah. So the girl across the road is Lupe and she's part of a Mexican family, the The Romeros. The Romeros. The Romeros, yes. Her dad apparently owns some like construction company or something like that. I don't know if it's construction. But he owns a company where he hires people. Why the hell didn't he never hire Mr. Larkin? I don't know. I thought for sure when this I book totally started. I totally skipped that part. I don't even remember that part. Yeah, they talk about his job, about how he owns like a company and he hires people and they go out and they do stuff. And I, I was like, oh, well, they're totally going to hire Mr. Larkin at the end. That's how this is going to end. That is not how it ended. No, it did not. Why, Mr. Romero? Why? Maybe <laughs> maybe he felt like Mr. Larkin didn't have the particular skill set for it's possible. His, his business? I don't know. So when Janie meets Lupe, they, you know, introduce whatever, blah, blah. Uh, it turns out that Lupe has siblings, and Janie's kind of jealous of this. Janie's the only child, has a hard time connecting with people, because why should you even do that? Because she moves. Right. So in order to kind of, like, get back at Lupe, she shows her her most prized yeah. possession. She's like, well, I've got something, too. You may have a <laughs> screaming baby, but look what I have. <laughs> in addition to everything else, the willow plate was the only beautiful thing the Larkins owned. It was a blue willow plate, and in its pattern of birds and willows and human figures, it held a story that for Janie never grew old. Its color, deep and unchanging, brought to her the promise of blue skies, even on the grayest days, and of blue oceans, even in an arid wasteland. She never grew tired of looking at it. I like how Janie uh, assumes everyone knows what a willow plate is. Like, she's like, I've got a blue willow plate. And And they're like, like, everyone's like, uh, what the heck is that? I don't, I've never heard of that. <laughs> but she's like, oh, everyone knows what this is. Well, she's had it. It's been in her family since her great-great-grandmother, and it's been passed down. And although she has a mom right now, it's actually her stepmom. She calls her mom, but I think her mother died when she was pretty young. Yeah, like she didn't barely, say how. She barely has a memory of her mother. But yeah, it didn't say how her mom died. But this is the one thing she has that belonged to her mom. Correct. And Lupe isn't really impressed with a plate. No, it's just a all. plate. Yeah, and she's like, um, it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think Janie is a more imaginative child than Lupe. And so she's got this elaborate story in her head yes. about, like, the figures that are on the plate. Yes. And there's, like, this... I think her dad told her the story, too, that it was, like, two lovers... And like a mean father that was trying to separate them. I don't know. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful little fairy tale. The chapter pretty much ends on them talk, Janie and Lupe talking more about how long Janie's going to stay. And Lupe saying that she hopes that she stays for a while. And this is the first time that someone has expressed wanting Janie to stay. She's never had a friend before. So, you know, she's pretty excited. She is. Chapter two. As long as we can. As long as we can. So for the most part, I don't feel like, like you were saying, this is a slice of life. Yes. Not much happens. No. (laughs) And there's a lot of description about landscapes. 
Yeah, and you don't like that. I know, but it's different here. It's <laughs> How different. Is it different because it's not when it's mundane and boring and not fantastical. Although this that we shouldn't be talking because about it's because that. that episode hadn't come out oh, yet. Yeah, <laughs> okay, uh, it, I guess it honestly depends on the writing style. If if I feel like there's a bit more, what's the word? Emotion behind it and kind of lyrical. Like I felt like I was reading not necessarily. Well, nothing really rhymed, but it kind poetry. Ca- poetry. It poetry reminded me. Have to rhyme. True. Um, the writing is nice and fluid. Yes, thank you. I'm doing a shit. <laughs> I'm doing a shit job today. I'm so it sorry. Is, but it is, but there is a lot of just like Janie just talking about her surroundings. Which, if you're really interested in, you know, life on a farm in the Great Depression, that would be great for you. Yeah. So, uh, chapter two, as long as we can, I wrote, not much happens in this chapter. Mom is cleaning house. Janie has to do her reading. She thinks about going to a regular school, like a, a district school. She's never been to a... Oh, wait. Has she even been to a camp school? I don't think they say that she has or hasn't. I don't think she has. I think they imply that she has been to one and that she okay. doesn't like it. Because she specifically says... She definitely has, okay? Because she specifically says that she doesn't like how everybody's on a different oh, yeah, level that's of right. what they've learned. That's right. And so she, it's like really chaos and disorganized and she doesn't like it. That's true. So she has been to camp school, but she's never been to like a district school because right. she doesn't stay in one place for a long time. Uh, let's see. One of the discussion questions that I looked up before reading this uh, was basically just talking about vocabulary. Her mom makes corn dodgers. Well... I mean, I'm guessing. Do you know what corn dodgers is? No, but like I assumed it was cornbread because later they talk about cornbread and I'm like, it's got to be the same thing, right? It's kind of like hush puppies. Oh, okay. So that's just fried cornbread. Yeah. That's all hush puppies are. Adding more to the slice of life that we're reading about. I love cornbread. I do too. And I like hush puppies. I thought you didn't like Southern food. I don't, but I like cornbread. Oh, okay. I don't like collard greens. Mm. What else is Southern? Um, I like fried chicken if that counts. I don't think it does. I think that's like more modern southern food maybe what else is there i think i just don't like collard greens <laughs> there's i don't like okra oh yeah i love okra i don't like okra i don't like lima beans i think that's considered one southern. of my favorite meals growing up was chicken livers oh chicken no, livers like and no. cornbread chicken and fried steak is another thing my dad loves i'm not crazy about that that's a southern thing too yeah i kind of i kind of only like gravy on my mashed potatoes i don't like gravy it. on my mashed potatoes you don't like gravy on your mashed potatoes no what no all right, sorry. Uh, so Janie's father comes home, and he's, finally he's we nice. have some parents yeah, that are that do something that do something that are present, yep. and he seems lighthearted. And uh, stepmom kind of seems like she's only present because she has to be, though. <laughs> she, I mean, she's not like mean or neglectful or anything like that, but she she's does just seem not like she caring. Hate, she seems like she hates her life. Maybe I feel like she does. She's just serious business. I guess she's serious business. So uh, he teases Clara, the stepmom, about cleaning so much. That's one of her things. She cleans so much. She feels like she has to. Well, she's got nothing else to do. Well, that's true. <laughs> See? What a simple, lovely life. God, it sounds awful. <laughs> and Janie and Mr. Larkin have a discussion about a house they're living in, like how they found it. So apparently... Yeah, it's the not ha- theirs. It's not theirs. They're basically <laughs> squatting. Yeah. They're, they found this shack on the pro- on this property like the guy owns uh the cattle the property and so they're not telling anybody they're just kind of squatting there yep and apparently i guess they kind of make it known that they do this everywhere they go they just squat oh, yeah. in a place do you, 
Did they say that? I mean, I don't I don't think they say that specifically, but I get the impression that this is not the first time they've squatted somewhere. Yeah. I don't know how common it... I mean, I guess back then it was pretty common. Was it? Oh, my God. I'd be terrified. I'd be, like, nervous every single day. Like, oh, my God. Someone's going to get found out. My, yeah. Someone's <laughs> living on my property again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, and then the chapter ends with Janie's dad say, saying that they will stay as long as they can. There are nice pictures in this book. I do like the illustrations, too. I like too. them, too. Chapter three. County Fair. Yay, something exciting happening. Well, they finally go and do something. It's yeah. great. But uh, so yeah, the Romeros invite her to go to the fair. That's right. They've been there for about a week. The Romeros come over. And all the kids get in free day. That's why they're getting to go. And I, I loved this part because the stepmom is very concerned about this. Like, I'm going to go over to the Romero's house and talk to Miss Romero, and I'm going to figure out if this is really true, that it's free, and how long you guys are going to stay. I'm like, yes. <laughs> doing parenting? Parents? Yes. Doing parenting? And this is during a time when you would send a child, like, yeah. you know, five miles up the road to yeah. run an errand. I mean, let's be real, though. She hasn't known these people but for a week, though, and she's letting her kid go off with them. So, Well, that's true. That's not something we would do today. No, it's not. But you know what? I thought it was kind of unfair because they say that it, it's free to get in, but you still have to pay to ride anything. And I'm like, that's a racket. <laughs> so you just go in and look at things. And that's, that's what that's she what does, really. Yeah. Her mom gives her a nickel before she goes. And I looked up. Now, I'm not a math person at all, but according to the internet, in 1930, a dollar was equal to $14.61 now. But to the people out there that are good at math, that gives you a sense of yeah. how much money she had. I mean... It's basically enough to ride one ride, I think. They do. It's enough to ride a ride. And they also talk about how, like, she could buy, like, she could buy one ice cream cone or she could buy whatever. So there's little things she could buy or she could ride a ride. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when they gave her the nickel, I was like, how much could you di- get with that? I wasn't sure how far that would go. <laughs> Not very far, apparently. And no. all it gets you is one ride or one ice cream cone. Yeah. But whatever. What would you spend it on? Probably food. I would do. Yeah. I don't know what kind of food, but <laughs> something fried. Mmm. Maybe some corn dodgers. <laughs> Not if I'm eating those at home. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. No way. Uh, funnel cake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Funnel cake's only good for like one bite, though, and then I'm like, what? I wish I had had something else. Oh, I could eat the whole thing. No mm-hmm. problem. Um, It's interesting to note before they go to the fair, while Janie's getting ready, she's nervous the entire time, afraid that they're going to leave her. Yeah, which is sad. It's so sad, but, you know, it, it, again, makes the point that she hasn't had time to really build any trust in people, so yeah. she's still a little new to it. I mean, she's like 10, and she has never really had a friend or a long relationship with anyone. I can't imagine that she's very socially well-adjusted. You moved. Did you move a lot when you were younger? Every two years, though. Wow. What was so, that like? Uh, you know, as a youngin. It was just so normal that I didn't really think much about it. And I I think probably, I think the only time I remember being sad was when we left Texas because I really liked that place. How old were you at that point? I was third grade. Okay. And I remember just really liking Texas and being upset because we were moving to fucking the South. I mean, the Texas of the South. Yeah. Different. And I was like, ugh, I want to stay in Texas. (laughs) Texas. But other than that, I just, that was just how we did things. Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, and I like moving. And so now that it was I'm exciting older, to you. Yeah, kind yeah. of. And like, I kind of have always still had that because even when I moved out on my own, I would like move apartments like every other oh, year. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about I that. Sh- and see, for me, I'm like, God, I don't want to move again. <laughs> I mean, the process of moving sucks, but I just like being in a new place. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I've been in Atlanta for so long. I'm like, get me out of here. I, I would love to get out of here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's a wondrous place at the fair, at every fair. But her favorite booth... It's a book fair, essentially. It's a library. Yeah. It's a library booth. I think it's cool because uh, Lupe doesn't believe that she wants to stay and, like, read books. She's like, yes, she's doing this because she doesn't have any money to ride rides. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. She can't believe that she would give up the chance to... Yeah. Yeah, But no, Janie's like, I'm 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 down with these books. Yeah, and at one point, Lupe tries to... I mean, she's coming from a good place. She does think that Janie doesn't have the money for it. So she's like, here, you can have this token and get the ride. And Janie is offended Yeah, which I'm just like, come on. But she hasn't trusted... I mean, like, she hasn't had that opportunity to build... I feel like she's just too proud. Yeah. Which I feel like pride is not a... Is not an attribute that I think is good in people. Like, too much, yes. you know? Being too proud to accept help, not cool. I wonder if she got that from her stepmom. I feel like her stepmom would be that type yeah, of person. Yeah, her so. dad is definitely not that type yeah, of person. Yeah, he'd be fine with it. Yeah. yeah, her dad is like a super chill, like, easy <laughs> happy going, go lucky. happy-go-lucky guy. Like, yeah. he's he's out there busting his ass every day for, like, a penny, and he comes home smiling while Janie and stepmom are just grumpy and, like, <laughs> angry about everything. And I'm just like, none of you two are working. And maybe, you know what, maybe on a deeper level, the fact that they feel like they can't control their situation is part of what lends to them being so angry. Maybe. I I think in the book, too, it mentioned that Janie's dad didn't want her working in the field. That sometimes the kids go out there and, like, he he didn't want that for her. I mean, that's, that's, he's so nice. He is. Well, yeah, she gets offended that she tries to offer her a uh, token, but she she does end up accepting because at least she realizes because she gets offended and then she's like, yeah, all right, she didn't really mean it like that. Okay, here it is. So she takes it mm-hmm. and uh, rides the merry-go-round, I guess, by herself. Oh, yeah, that's right. They've already ridden it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess she, waving to yeah. her. Hi. And then, and then abruptly they go home. Yes, but before they leave, she's got to spin her nickel. Yeah. And she... She gets bubblegum. She gets gum. I mean, I guess maybe bubblegum's not that common a thing. And so it's like a treat. Maybe. I'm assuming that it is. But she shared she shared it with the Romeros and there was enough left for her mom and dad. So I'm like, oh, that's sweet. She picked some but see for picked me, I'm like I probably would have picked something more practical in yeah. a way. Like they mentioned stalls or booths that had like fruits and jams i'm like ah, i'd probably we spend could it on use jam. that yeah we could use that <laughs> for home. our cornbread yeah we could have some jam cornbread yes. sandwiches <laughs> yes yeah she didn't do that she bought gum yeah i guess gum is like a luxury i assumed it was some kind of luxury item that you don't normally that's true get. chapter four is when some semblance of conflict shows up but it's it's not that exciting yes and walks the bad guy Mm-hmm. And a stra- so a stranger shows up to the house. It was still broad daylight, and Janie had plenty of opportunity to study their visitor, and what she saw she did not like. She couldn't decide exactly what there was about him to make her feel distrust. It must be his eyes, she concluded. They moved shiftily about, never seeming able to rivet themselves on any one thing for more than a second. 
Moreover, his attitude seemed to indicate plainly that he held the destiny of the Larkins in the hollow of his very dirty right hand. The manner with which he stalked boldly into the house and looked casually about couldn't have made it any plainer. Janie had the feeling even that if there were anything in sight he would have considered worthy of his interest, it would become his on the spot. For once, she was extremely thankful that the blue willow plate was safely out of sight. No one cares about your plate, girl. <laughs> Just saying. It's beautiful. But yes, it has a deeper connection yes. to her that she doesn't understand. I guess that's... She's acting she's like it's 10 gold, years old, so... And it's not, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, so shifty guy comes in and, like, demands that they pay rent for the place. Mm-hmm. So this is Bounce Rayburn. Yeah, what kind of name is Bounce? Bounce, I don't know. I mean, it's a, obviously a nickname. Let's hope so. Yeah. Right? Um, and yeah, he's apparently like right-hand man of the guy that owns the property. And he's saying, yeah, you got to pay rent. So it's like $5, but back then. Yeah, that would be a lot. Considering they talk about If a dollar is like makes, 14 They say that he makes like, what, $2 a day or something? Something like that. Is it I even that remember. much? I, I don't even know if it's that much. I think they may have talked about how much he makes in a month maybe and it wasn't that much oh here it is so yeah he makes two dollars a day two dollars a day okay but despite all that yes it seems five dollars a month is kind of a hefty toll but mr larkin is smart and he makes sure that he gets gets a receipt yep he's He's got got receipts gotta get them receipts girl (laughs) i love it oh and also uh mr bounce rayburn says not to mention any of this to mr anderson which i'm like okay red flag right there well i don't know why mr larkin didn't immediately say well i'm gonna go over there and say it right now i don't either that was one of my things too i'm like maybe he thought that mr anderson would kick him out that yeah I'm, I'm guessing that it was posed in such a way where he's like, now, and Mr. Anderson knows he's not going to let you finds out. Here. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to let you stay here. But but then that doesn't make sense because supposedly he's giving this rent to Mr. Anderson. That's true. So I don't know. No, there's no reason for you not to go tell him. I don't know. That's that's how I felt kind of like throughout the whole book. I'm like, why don't they just go over and yeah. see what happens? Exactly. <laughs> because if they don't pay rent... You know, they'll get kicked out by right. by bounce. And if they go talk to him, the worst that could happen is that they get kicked out. Yeah. So I don't know. Well I guess d- that's just the, the conflict of the story. Yeah, the I know. conflict of there the story. There would be no conflict otherwise. Exactly. It'd just be your sweet little slice of life. Great. So yeah. The after the, all that business they go uh fishing in the river that is nearby on the property. Mm-hmm. And they find and eat catfish. I love fried catfish. Wow. I do. I find that very Southern. I do. I like it too. Yeah. But I, I like white fish in general. Like I also love tilapia. Okay. I just, I don't like Did you ever fish. go fishing as a kid? Yes, but not really because like I never caught anything. You never caught anything? Because I didn't do it seriously. Oh. Like I would have like, I never went with my parents or anything. Like my dad wasn't a fisher oh. or anything. So I th- went to like, I stayed at some friend's house who stayed on, who lived on a lake or something. Yeah. And we tried to fish, but it was like half-heartedly and no one really taught me how to do it. Okay. So I just threw the line in and I was like, nothing's <laughs> biting, bye. Bye. Yeah, you, you know? do have to have patience with yeah. it. That's for one thing. Yeah, my grandpa used to take us fishing and... um what we caught was usually catfish and he would take it home and he would prepare it i mean i wasn't touching that thing no i wouldn't want to prepare it afterwards but it was delicious yeah catfish is good so i just wanted to read this description so you guys can get a sense of the landscapes 
Ahead of her, the stream curved, beckoning her on. Perhaps if she followed around it, she would find a bridge, and then she could explore the other side. Of course, there was a bridge at the highway, but that was a way off on the other side of the slough, and, and so it didn't count. Now she had reached the bend, and rounding it, she found just what she had hoped to find. There was a bridge, an old wooden one, and climbing up from the water's edge, Janie came to the dusty little road which connected with it, and went meandering off half-heartedly to the north. Neither the bridge nor the road looked as if it had been used a great deal. Janie walked to the middle of the bridge, and stopped there to look back along the way she had come. The river flowed deep and smooth and almost noiseless. Not a ripple disturbed its shining surface. It was more like a huge ditch than a river, she thought and wished that the water weren't quite so deep. There was something exciting at the same time, friendly in the sound of a river tearing over a rocky bed. And then long, long descriptions. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how the whole book is. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Sure. I don't know if it could really, you know, hold the attention span of a of you know it barely held my attention. <laughs> so I, it definitely wouldn't have held my attention as a kid. <laughs> So she finally ends up on Mr. Anderson's property. Yep. Uh, along willow trees. And of course, she thinks, oh my gosh, it's, it's just, just a, like the blue willow blade that nobody the, else cares about. The except only me. thing that's important <laughs> in my life. But it's all shattered because a dog comes up. Barking. Barking. It's uh, Danger the Dog. Danger the Dog. And of course, Bounce is coming along as well to ruin everything. Yep. He uh, accuses her of being a thief. If, Oh, like, yeah, that's right. I, I don't remember why she assumed. She used the word spy because she, at that point she was reading scripture yeah. as her reading ex- exercises. Yeah. And to her, spy didn't mean just like, ooh, spying, spying. creeping. It meant just seeing. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh, so a couch is stealing. Like, yeah, he's a doofus. He is. <clears throat> but while they're talking and Janie's about to beat the crap out of them because yeah. she gets extremely extremely aggressive and i'm like what little 10 year old is gonna try to hit on a grown man i would not do that well just as she's doing that that's when mr anderson comes that's right and mr anderson is the opposite of of bounce yes nice and and at this point i'm like tell him i know i know i'm like okay obviously you can trust him because he lets her go into the hen house by herself and take some eggs and take some eggs home and isn't there like a point where like uh isn't this where Bounce is like looking back and forth like don't you tell him girl and I'm like she does feel pressured not to tell him but the thing is is like he's being shifty she doesn't trust him I'd be like hey Mr. Anderson (laughs) guess what or I'd be like how is that five dollars did the five dollars rent get to you okay Bounce oh yeah that would be a good way I just it's so stupid there's no good reason for her not to mention it literally none she doesn't trust him she does trust mr anderson there's no reason i mean i guess other than oh she's a 10 year old girl and what can she do because there are moments in the book where she feels like okay this isn't my place as a child and not a grown-up this isn't my place so maybe but to me all the signs are saying like no bounce is shady don't trust him trust mr anderson yeah so chapter five Camp Miller School. Yay, we learned about the school. So it's been about a month since they've arrived. We're in October, and I really appreciate the author lets us know. The season changes. Yeah. Yep. Um, And Mr. Larkin takes Janie to school before his shift starts. And she isn't happy about this only because she wants to go to regular school, and that's where Lupe's going, but they haven't lived lived there long enough to 
to yeah, do that, and they don't they don't even know how long they're going to stay. Right. So they have to go to the camp school. Yeah, I think they kind of make a comment that makes me think that you're not allowed to go to the county school unless you're like a resident of the county. Right. Um, and they can't be. They don't say how long you have to be in a place, but one month is not long enough. True, <laughs> and they don't know how long they're going to stay. So why even? Yeah. Uh, let's see. But before school starts, she catches a horned toad. I don't know what those look like. Well, there's a nice little illustration in the book. But yeah. I didn't even. So you do know what they look like. I do know what they look like. <laughs> At first reading this, I'm like, horned toad. Is that an actual toad? Because for some odd reason, this child has it in her head that she will only like the teacher if the teacher calls this little reptile a horned toad. If she calls it a horned lizard, then she's she's someone that she doesn't want to be friends with it's it's really kind of stupid in my opinion (laughs) the stupid like test she has for this lady i know but the lady gets it right yes and miss peterson passes she turns out to be a cool teacher that janie really likes Mm -hmm. i think she's uh another imaginative spirit yes so they connect really well Mm -hmm. um let's see what else happens that day at school the only interesting thing is that the people that had the booth, the library booth at the fair, show up with a truck full of books. Yeah, and she gets to read King Arthur. Yes. Which is a good story. It is. At first, she's kind of disappointed about the books because they're not brand new. <laughs> they're not new. They're not God. new. <laughs> but she does talk herself into like, well, at one point they were new. Yeah. So she's thinking about King Arthur and thinking about how brave and courageous that whole lifestyle was and adventurous it was. And it's kind of bummed out that her life isn't like that i would be too janie someday janie perhaps when you're growing up you'll realize that every day you've been living these last five years has been an adventure you know an adventure just like something that comes along that's unexpected and you don't know for sure how it will turn out sometimes there may be danger mixed up in it and it doesn't matter whether it happened a thousand years ago or right this minute it's still an adventure Every day that comes along is an adventure to us and may be dangerous because we don't know for sure what it's going to bring. Perhaps I'm wrong, but I got a hunch that it takes just about as much courage to live that without losing your grip on things as ever it took to buckle on armor and go out to fight some fellow who had a grudge against you. Amen, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong. It does. It takes courage to live a drudgery life and not go crazy. Oh, my God. Come on, their life is a drudgery. <laughs> See, I would find it relaxing. I mean, okay. I don't I w- think you would. I wouldn't find the relaxing part of it being like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to move, so why even like bother to get attached to all these wonderful things that are happening? But you want to live I would, where you I live. would appreciate like not having so many distractions. That is what. So you just want to go live out on a prairie and uh, in a shack with a river. Yes. And not have to do anything all day. Yes. Except I probably I would much rather it be mountains. I don't know if I could handle the flat landscape, but yes. Cabin in the mountains. Nobody. Nobody. Alright, so our, already we're in chapter six. The contest. Oh, what's this gonna be about? A contest. Cool. It's actually kind of fun. It is. This was probably the most fun chapter in my opinion because there was some kind of like suspense. I was like Who's going to win the contest? (laughs) But still, then I'm like, wow, I'm excited about a cotton picking contest. Tell us more about this cotton picking contest. Can you? Yeah. So basically, um, the field in which Mr. Larkin works is having a contest where they spend like the top 75 pickers uh, get to compete 
to see who can pick the most in a certain amount of time period. Mm -hmm. And the top winner wins, like, what, $125? Yeah. Which, you know, based on what we know so far, that seems like a hell of a lot of money. That's a hell of a lot of money. Second yeah. place is 75 third, 50 and it goes on a little bit from there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's allowed to have an assistant. They have, like, they talk about the positions, like swamper. Yeah, I actually didn't look that one up. I should have. Done. I don't know what a swamper and a cotton picking profession would be but Let's i'm assuming see. it has something to do with just like picking up i assumed it was like picking up like debris behind him or something like he's not doing the swamper doesn't do the actual picking no it's something like far less but he asks mr romero to be his swamper and so see they're like best buds why can't he hire him <laughs> i don't know so the contest ends yes dad wins second place $75. Not bad. Not bad. And what do they do with they it? They immediately go to spend it. Like, <laughs> immediately. They have to. Why do they have they to? They need new tires for the car. Okay, sure. I guess. I guess they... But it's not like their tires were, like, dead. They didn't have to go immediately. They're like, I just got done picking all day. Let's go shopping. Maybe it's one of those things <laughs> where, like, if you don't spend it on what you need, like, in the future, it's going to sit there and you're slowly going to, like... Maybe chunk away at it and then you're gonna be like crap now i need new tires to get out of this place because there's no more work and i've spent it all on corn dodgers <laughs> corn dodgers and <laughs> salty pork so oh god yeah salt pork <laughs> well so yeah they go to town and they buy tires and mm -hmm. then they have a nice lunch at a diner mm -hmm. which was nice yeah she gets roast beef in case you were interested yes it, and, there's a detailed <laughs> yeah she talk, I mean, I'm interested in that kind of thing because I'm like, what kind of food were people eating then? Pretty much the same thing as they're eating now. Yeah. And then they buy her a nice blue coat. Chapter seven is called Wild Wings in Trouble. Mm. Uh, let's see. So three weeks has passed since the contest and the landscape and the wildlife are kind of going through some changes as the seasons are coming in. Janie has a break from school because her father is going to help chop some wood. I guess it's slow at the cotton fields right now. So he's got another job that he's going to do. And it also helps them have enough supplies to get them through the winter if they stay that long. Um, so she decides to go spy on some ducks. <laughs> That's not really what I do with my time. but Well, you live in a prairie. There's nothing else to do. I this is the life you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she hasn't taken up sewing or something. Make a quilt. With what fabric? <sighs> She's probably got some dresses don't that don't fit her anymore or mm. maybe not either way, so anyway she's gonna spy on some ducks but she's not the only one that shows up yeah bounce shows up but he plans on killing the ducks that's right he's got a gun yeah and he points it right at Janie because she for some odd reason has this crazy courage <laughs> against this man yeah and is like don't shoot the ducks yeah, and I mean, whatever. They have, like, an argument, and she leaves, and he kills the ducks. So she she didn't even <laughs> save a life. Nope. So the next news Janie gets, school will end soon because there is less work to do in the field, so there aren't enough kids to so, really yeah. have, session, like, have class. A bunch of uneducated children around here. It's okay. They is get, it? Yeah. They got their Bibles. They're reading their scripture. Oh, okay. As long as you that's have enough. scripture, that's, not that's enough, enough education for everyone. There you go. 
Yeah, so I kind of feel like her world is starting to slowly come apart again. Like she had some good moments. She had the fair, the contest, got someone a new coat, tell, and then everything's just starting to slowly slip away. She needs to, someone needs to tell Janie this is what happens when you stay in one place for too long. Shit doesn't. She's getting stay attached. The, shit doesn't stay the same though. No, that's that's how it goes. Janie realizes her mom is really sick, but they don't have money for the doctor. Mm-hmm. And they haven't lived there long enough. To go to the county doctor. To get free, free health care. Yeah, which I'm like, that is a, like a Marvel idea. <laughs> yeah. When did we lose that? <laughs> um, so Janie decides that she's going to go trade her blue willow plate. Mm-hmm. Because uh, clearly it's made of gold and everybody wants it. <laughs> Surprise, the doctor doesn't want it. But the he doctor's doesn't. a good doctor. He is a good doctor. And I love the fact that she's in the waiting room. Nobody's in there. Nope. And she sits there for like 10 minutes. I'm like, hey, say something. Some things never change. Yeah. Like you're just sitting you're Always waiting. sitting in there with no secretary. <laughs> nobody coming to check on you. Whatever. Yeah. But he finally realizes she's in there. And yes, he does not want her plate. Has no. No. <laughs> nobody wants, wants that plate. plate. Nobody. <laughs> anyway, uh, he decides to go see. Uh, Miss Larkin, regardless of money, she has pneumonia, so she she might die might die if he doesn't go. Yeah. So he goes. He treats her. Well, starts to treat her, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Janie is secretly happy she didn't have to give her plate away. Yes, she's relieved that her mother is getting help, and also that she gets to keep her precious plate that everyone in the world clearly would wants. love to have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's kind of, I was actually kind of surprised how quickly she was willing to give it up. Because, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, your mom's about to die. Of course you would. Yeah. But she didn't even think about it. No, There wasn't she didn't. An even a like, oh, gee, should I? Oh, I'd hate to lose it. No, she's just like immediately like, I'll give him the plate. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought she would be a little bit more reluctant than that. All right, chapter eight. More trouble. Uh, the doctor, I think his name was Dr. Pierce. Dr. Pierce, yeah. Dr. Pierce has kind of left instructions with Janie and Mrs. Romero on how to take care of Mrs. Larkin. Mm-hmm. So Miss Romero spends most of her time taking care of mom while Such a Janie, nice lady. She really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got three kids at home. Yeah. Well, the two go to school, but she's got baby she's got Betty. A baby. Yeah. Yep. And she's over there. So Janie usually spends most of her time over at the Romero's. Taking care of the baby. Taking care of the baby. Yep. Because uh, uh, you probably don't want a baby around somebody that's got pneumonia. Uh, definitely not. Uh, let's see. Lupe and Tony come home. Tony's the brother. And Lupe mentions that they have a new teacher at this district school. It's Miss Peterson. It is. I love it. It is. And then more good news. The doctor says that mom is over the worst part. And if they stick to his instructions, she's she's going to be fine. It's going to be about a month's time. Janie's just happy she gets to stay for an extra month. Exactly. She's like, oh, oh, we Mom's can't sick, leave, but but I get to stay for a month. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> but here comes the more trouble part. Yep. Bounce comes in for the rent, and Mr. Larkin is like, "We don't have it this time." I don't know how they don't have it. They have it, but they can't. He, I think he's I fearful they to buy of spending. Medicine. Yeah, I think he's fearful of spending the money in case they need it for medicine mm-hmm. or it. Like it's getting closer to the point where like there's no work and they're going to have to leave soon. Yeah. So well, he's got to have they, that don't money. Don't they mention he's not going to have work for that entire month that they're staying? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I think but they did say that. That it, the cotton fields are already picked clean and that for the month that they're staying for uh, Miss Larkin to rest, he will not have work. Right. And so I guess they really do spend every penny he makes right when he makes it. 
Maybe the author isn't telling us all that they're spending their money on. Booze. <laughs> That's why Mr. What? Larkin's so happy-go-lucky when he gets home every day. <laughs> he's just he's having a drink. And he's he comes back and he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> I would be too. Yeah, I don't know. It's It seems unlikely that they wouldn't have the money if, if he really was making $2 a day and it's only $5. That's only like a couple days worth of work. Right. You should have squirreled that away. Yeah, I don't know what they have to spend all that money. I don't know either. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it's legit. I'm sure it's legit. I'm not saying that they're, you know, for whatever reason, gambling it away or something. But I think it's just more. He's trying to think about the future. He knows he's going to have to. They're going to have to move. Maybe even before the end of the month, before she's ready and and better. Um, And he's got to have that money just in case. Yep. They need it for their future little place they almost get into a fight there was something that Janie said that made me think of when i was a kid because she was like certain that her dad was going to win this fight yeah and i used to remember being like a kid and being like my dad could beat up anyone <laughs> and i'm like uh you've seen my dad he's a tiny dude did he have a motorcycle he point? did have a motorcycle yeah i thought he was so cool i mean i still think he's yeah. cool my dad's really cool but i'm not sure that he could have beat anyone in a fist fight <laughs> because he's my dad is very small and thin yeah so i thinking about it now i'm like why did i think my dad could just take on everybody he was in, really he was know. invincible in your the eyes idea, yeah that's exactly what janie thinks too yeah. she's like sure that her dad's gonna win this fight yes but sick mother calls from the room like don't don't dad, fight, don't, don't fight. fight young man because you'll be arrested <laughs> yeah. it's true bounce Probably. can have them arrested and and kicked out Okay, so before they fight, Janie decides... Again. Like every problem in her life... The blue willow plate can solve everything. Exactly. So she's going to give Bounce the blue willow plate. Bounce Rayburn knew the Larkins held receipts for every payment of rent they had made. He knew, too, that not one dollar of that money had ever found its way to Mr. Anderson. Shock. (laughs) Whose name it had been collected. And he was completely ignorant of Bounce's business dealings with this family. Now, Bounce held in his hands the one treasure they possessed. Perhaps if he had kept it a while long enough to make them feel its loss, they would be willing, when he should make the offer, to trade the telltale receipts for the willow plate. Then he could send them on their way, and nobody, least of all, Mr. Anderson, would be the wiser. So he doesn't care about the value of the plate. No. He doesn't. It's mainly just to kind of keep collateral. it for like blackmail yeah pretty much he's, he's now got collateral that he can use to keep them quiet right if they ever decide <laughs> to show those receipts to mr anderson which you know it's not a bad idea no and one of the things that janie says to him because i think he's hesitant to take the plate like there's no value he doesn't care about it but she says it's the last it's like the last thing that they own yeah hoping that he'll kind of take that bait like you're taking everything from us. Because she is, she knows that he's a weaselly guy <laughs> yeah. and that he would want to take the only thing that's important right. to her. So just tell Mr. Anderson. I know. <laughs> so he takes the plane and goes. Yep. That's the end of that chapter. Yep. I like on uh, chapter nine is called the Willow Plate and we finally get to see a drawing of it like close up. Yes. Finally. Yeah. So it does turn out that the teacher at the new school is Mrs. Peterson, yep. and she stops by Janie's house to bring goodies. She's I really, so nice. She's so nice. She's getting all the support from the community. I know. Poor thing. She's going to be ripped away from them and, like, 
I what in a couple of weeks yeah because her dad has said sorry we got to move on even before your mom's ready and then she stops one more time um at christmas time and they kind of have their bittersweet Goodbye. moment pretending again like they're going to see each other yep. next summer and then they pack up ready to go yeah but before, before they, they leave go, what happens janie wants to go to mr anderson's house to see the blue willow plate one last time yeah as the reader we all know what's going to happen already yes yes because and and to this point you know janie janie doesn't know she assumes that this is collected in place of rent yes so mr anderson owns this plate and he's gonna have it on display in his house yeah because everyone would want to display it (laughs) everyone you and bounce haven't had more difficulty have you janie mr anderson chuckled good humoredly janie shook her head i've come to tell the willow plate goodbye We're going away tomorrow, and I couldn't bear to go without seeing it once more. Mr. Anderson looked puzzled. The willow plate? He asked vaguely. What willow plate? He glanced questioningly at his wife, but Janie saw that she was as puzzled as he, and cold fear gripped her heart. Surely they weren't going to let on they didn't know about the willow plate. Yes, pursued Janie, resolute once more. Don't you remember I told you about it the day I was here? And Bounce took it a while ago for the rent. Bounce! Mr. Anderson fairly barked the name, and Janie jumped so she nearly fell off the edge of her chair. What's Bounce got to do with all this? Why? exclaimed Janie, wonderingly. Bounce is the one who collects the rent for you. We didn't have the money last time, so we gave him the willow plate instead. Mr. and Mrs. Anderson's eyes met over Janie's head. The air seemed to be full of question marks. Mr. Anderson's face was suddenly so full of anger that Janie rose. Evidently, they didn't want her to see the willow plate after all, but the man put out a hand. Sit down, he said kindly. Suppose you tell me the whole story from the very beginning. I want all of it. Finally. Finally. What you should have done uh, like four like, chapters ago. I know. <laughs> so she does tell him everything about how he has been taking $5 rent from them every mm-hmm. month since they came. And that, you know, I, I'm assuming. Well, no, they, I, it's not an assumption. He says it that uh, Mr. Anderson knew they were living there. Yes, he did see... He saw them. Yeah, he saw Mr. Larkin walking around. And yeah. It's fine. It happens yeah. all the time. He's fine with it. Like, for him, that's that's why that shack is there. Yeah. I think he's that's just a good guy. Yeah, he's a real good guy. <laughs> I like the picture of him in the suit. I don't know why I assume nobody who lived on a ranch would wear a suit. It seemed kind of strange to me that he's wearing, like, a businessman oh, yeah, suit. Is. I guess it's, like, living big, a, living big, on a ranch. big ranch. Well, he's got to have some kind of job, right? Oh, no, but he's basically he's just, like, like, a cattle owner. Like, yeah, he's maybe just, just the owner travels around and makes deals maybe that's know. what he does he goes into town and sells his milk places who knows yeah. so after their discussion mr anderson decides to meet janie's family and ha and talk to mr larkin and the whole time i'm like please god please god offer him a job offer him a job i still thought he was gonna work for mr romero but no i think he at had this it. point i was <laughs> yeah. finally like okay, <laughs> okay, okay i see what's gonna happen yeah, and sure enough, after spending the evening talking, Mr. Anderson fires Bounce and hires Mr. Larkin at $75 a month with free housing and free milk and eggs. That's a sweet deal. Sweet deal. Sweet deal. And it and it works in Mr. Larkin's favor. I mean, of course it works. In my, and it makes sense because before, you know, before they moved to California, Mr. Larkin had a had a ranch. So he's well yeah. versed in this. Yeah, he knows Excellent. how to do stuff. It's perfect. It all fits together. Yep. Yay! So chapter 10 is called As Long As We Want To. 
And this is the final chapter of the book. So, I mean, you could probably just read the title of that and, and be... And you know exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. And but be satisfied. Do. One thing does happen that's exciting. What happens? They get a new house built for them. That's right. The Romer- Mr. Romero and his team of construction workers <laughs> builds them like a, a Pueblo house. Yeah. Or an adobe house. adobe house. Well, before they get that house, they're living in what is called a tank house, which yeah. I didn't know. Oh, what yeah, that, I wanted I, to Google that. I looked that up. Did. I'm Googling it now. I meant to Google it, and I wanted to see what it looked like. It's a type of structure um, on a farm that's a water tower, but below it, it has living quarters. And this is, according to Wikipedia, this is a very important part of California's historical heritage. Really? Yeah. They were built in the 1850s to 1930s, but they became obsolete when electric pumps and water mains in town took over so oh yeah i'm seeing pictures of them yeah they're just like tall yeah like water tower house things i think it's kind of neat yeah but um when they move into that place first janie wants to display the play and mom who is cured from her pneumonia and feeling great yeah it was like no no this is not a real house yes that house could be well i kind of like it that she's so stern about it because she understands the importance of it it's the last thing that janie has of her mom yeah um, and it was displayed in a real house. So that's where she wants it to be. The next time it's put out, it's going to be in a real house. And they finally get their real they, house. They do. And I'm, I mean, <sighs> I guess Mr. Anderson is the most benevolent guy on he's the He's amazing. I kind of have it in my mind that he doesn't have any heirs. And he's yeah. going to leave the farm to well, them. They, I mean, they never talk about them having children. Maybe no. they're just two people that are just, I mean, he doesn't look that old in the drawing. But they don't say how old he is. He lo- I thought he looked kind of old. I don't I mean, know, but yeah, maybe he's not it. on his way out. But I'm like, oh, they don't have any heirs, and they just want to take care of the Larkin family. That's right, and they're gonna get the ranch. Um, so at the end of this chapter, how do we want to end this? I mean, it ends on a nice note with the oh, whole. Yeah. Well, they do do the May Day parade, but that's I don't so know pointless. if that's the picture's nice. It is a cute picture, but it's but still I, I, I kind of like skimmed over kinda, the entire part. The only, okay, so she does. <laughs> the only important thing I found from the she has a May Day festival at school. The only thing I found important from that is that she decides um, she's going to have her own like private celebration while she's wrapping the ribbon around the pole. And each time she goes around, she's going to thank a person that has given her this life that she that has. That is very nice because she really, this is like the happiest ending ever. Yes. She gets li- <laughs> everything like, falls into place. She gets everything she wants. She right. goes to the district school with the teacher she loves. Mm-hmm. She gets her best friend Lupe who is moving into town. Um, because her mom's going to start a restaurant. Her mom's going to start a restaurant, so yeah. they're going to live nearby. So they've got good luck, too. Yeah, everyone's doing great. <laughs> it's not the Great Depression. It's the Great Joy or whatever. Um, and she has a brand new house in a place to display her willow plate, and they get to stay as long, long as, as they, they want. want. And that's how it ends. Damn. All tied up in a nice little bow. Yeah, it wasn't that depressive, right? I didn't say it was a depressing no. book. I just said the, the time, time period, period is, is usually yeah. pretty depressing. And actually, I expected it not to... I didn't expect it to have a bad ending, but I didn't expect it to be so perfect. Does it seem a bit manufactured? Yes, because I feel like uh, most of these books that I remember reading growing up were not as perfect. Yeah, like Bridge to Terabithia and... Oh, God. You know, we probably have to read that just just so we can... I feel like it's important for us to talk about it as adults because everybody hates that book. But I haven't read it since then. And I didn't watch the movie. Did you watch the movie? 
No, I don't think so because I, I knew, knew I was going to hate yeah, it. Yeah, I knew it was going to be bad. I feel like we're going to have to suffer through it. We just, <sighs> we just have right. to. Anyway, so yeah, that was that was Blue yeah. Willow. What did you feel? How'd you feel about it? I mean, it was okay. It was just okay. <laughs> okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I teared up a little bit, oh. of course, no. at the end. <laughs> and I think uh, I think it's interesting to kind of note the different um, patterns that pop up when it comes to us picking out the books that spoke to us as kids. Because I'm like, oh, here's another one with yeah this this girl that's kind of quiet, reserved, likes to read, imaginative. Uh, there's an amphibian in it. You're right. <laughs> And it's about, you know. So what are the patterns for me then? <laughs> horses. No. <laughs> As of, listen, Broken Horse is the only horse book we've had so far. <laughs> There's another one, though. Well, the next one yeah. that we're about to read has a, a horse, horse in it. it. Yeah. But I think it might be horses. No, it's not. Um, let's see. Fantastical landscape. Well, I like fantastical landscapes, too. But I'm choosing all these books that have these, like, heartwarming heart-wrenching yeah. like i think that's what you i think that's your main thing is you like the heart-wrenching and i do not and see i don't i i guess that was a subconscious thing for me as a kid yeah. because i'm not picking these things because i'm like oh i remember that the human connection in this book was amazing i'm because no. the human connection in castle in the attic was a really oh, big thing so good i know and same i mean a little bit less with like uh ralph s mouse but you know it there's still like a lot of like emotional oh yeah well that's a summer camp book and yeah. i've got two more summer camp books that i like so. i don't feel like i really have a theme for mine not really honestly i feel like my theme is i want lighthearted stories that are escapism because i don't want real life oh and that's why i avoid this kind of stuff okay i don't want to read about real life unless it's just like so ridiculous like a book can be quote-unquote realistic but it's got to be like something that I could never experience. experience. <laughs> I mean, I would never experience this True. book. Yeah. But this is still just very mundane to me. Like I found some, I, I was interested in some of the like day-to-day -day life descriptions because I was like, oh, this is how they lived back then. It's so yeah. alien to what I'm used to. And it it was interesting, but it was interesting to me in a way that like going to a museum is interesting. Mm. Like, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I walk away and, and I on. forget about it. <laughs> it's not like I wasn't getting into the story. Oh. Uh, I was just vaguely interested. I don't, I think I was more into the Little House on the Prairie books. Well, I think those have more characterization. They do. And I think they talk more. Based on the they, TV show. There's, there's, I remember feeling, I could be totally wrong. I remember feeling that there's more detailed description about what they did throughout their day. I mean, this touched on it a little bit, but a lot of the text was like the turning landscape, butter, the landscape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think there's, yeah, definitely more description about daily life in the little house. And I mean, books. it is interesting, but it's, it's not, it's not, that's it's not, not your I, cup of tea. That's not what I look for when I yeah. want to read a book. If I wanted to know about life on a prairie, I'd go to a museum. All right. Speaking of tests, uh oh, are you going to ask me to, like <laughs> test questions on this? Oh God, kill me! <laughs> no, these are easy things. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's like summer reading. What surprised you in this novel? Anything? The cost of things, maybe. 
that's it. Like, you know, I was like, you only make $2 a day. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I knew. I mean, it's not really a surprise because I knew yes. that it was different back then. I guess I was just more shocked. A little shocked. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I've forgotten. Oh, yeah. Oh. Is there anything you would change in this novel? Uh, more action. Like what? I don't know. A storm. Sure. Or I Cows don't know. Cows like, loose. They, they go to the town with their like contest winnings and it gets stolen from them. <gasps> yeah, they get mugged. Yeah, they get mugged. <laughs> I don't know. Even that doesn't sound interesting. And then Daddy I, Larkin gets stabbed and then he's got to go. <laughs> like, I wanted Daddy Larkin to punch Bounce in the face. <laughs> yeah. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Did you feel like the Blue Willow Plate had as much significance? At I thought that it would have more i mean it does have significance but i was surprised at the fact that like two or three chapters would go by and the blue willow plate wasn't being mentioned well how many times can you mention it i don't know the book's called blue willow well i mean she mentions it enough for it to be <laughs> called that i mean she does That's mention true. the stupid plate a lot of times but there's really i mean it's just a plate i thought it was gonna have i mean it, it signifies it signi- her dream it, yes. life there you go that's it's, write a paper done no (laughs) (laughs) sure i still love this book it's okay it's i didn't hate it i don't know if my child would love this book but i'll try to get them excited about it honestly i I read it i don't i mean i can't think of any child that would like this book i liked it are you sure though yes yes this is the kind of book that i liked absolutely (sighs) definitely not i liked other stuff too but this was this was in the genre of like the simple I just think American it's not exciting life. enough for a kid. Kids need adventure. If your life is chaotic outside, you don't want all that, do you? As an yeah, adult, yeah, but I, I want don't. like a certain kind of chaos. Like I don't like to read. I don't like to read the type of book where like horrible things are happening to people constantly. If it's realistic, yeah, because then I just feel depressed. Like <laughs> there's plenty of books out there where it's just about like misery porn it's the atrocities just like, that yeah. happen to people and yeah just hor- real life like horrible like awful life non-fiction yes. atrocities yes i am oh. not into that kind of thing i want adventure but with an you know with ups and downs never-ending story princess bride <laughs> both books i would rather read <laughs> <laughs> okay well i'll take a break from these books and you'll you won't have to read little house on the prairie for for a while whatever you want emma okay i'll read whatever whenever <laughs> i've made you read things you didn't like too it's fine so that's the, like the whole point yeah <laughs> what are we reading next week well we're gonna go t- from the land of the boring and mundane to the absolutely not boring and unmundane <laughs> And we're going to read a book called Virtual Mode by famed fantasy author Piers Anthony. And Emma has read a Piers Anthony book before. I have. It was Ogre Ogre. That's part of the Xanth series, which is what Piers Anthony is known for. This is a, uh, a shorter series from him. It's four books total. And it was the first adult fantasy novel I've ever read. I fell in love. And... It- it made me go read tons of other Piers Anthony books, too. And, oh, I guess So that I, was the first Piers Anthony book you read? This is the first Piers Anthony book I've ever read. Okay. I guess I'll read the synopsis. 
At first, Colleen didn't believe the strange man she found lying on the side of the road. He spoke of a different world filled with wonder, was dressed in clothes she had never seen before, and knew a language she had never heard. He said that he loved her and wanted to take her back to his home. Colleen suspected Darius was crazy until he vanished before her eyes. Well, if falling in love was crazy, Colleen was now fully prepared to say goodbye to reality and hello to an infinite world of dragons and monsters and impossible dreams. Definitely not like definitely not 1930s like California. No, <laughs> I'm so glad we're leaving that world. Anyway, uh, that cover looks amazing too. The cover is amazing. Uh, this book is long, so we're gonna break it into two parts. So you will be hearing the first part next time, and then we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. That's it. Do you want to go learn more about the Death Bowl? <laughs> I ain't no. I I did look it up a little bit, but. No, I'll just be prepared that if my child ever has to do a report on this book, I'm like, I got you. Uh, I I'll got be like, you. Allison, you want to build an Adobe house with me? Yeah, I'd build the Adobe house, <laughs> but don't make me learn about the Dust Bowl. Okay. Till next time, guys. Bye. Bye. To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com.